Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. It's a month of divine rest, divine rest. And the scripture that I'll be building on today is still a reference scripture for this month, which is in 1 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 4. I mean verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 5 verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 5 verse 4, it says, But now the Lord my God has given me rest. Can we read it together? I want to go. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. The Lord has given me rest on every side, so that there is neither what? Adversary. You see, when you see the word adversary, Adversary there means Satan. That's actually the literal translation of the word adversary. It says also that there is no evil occurrence. And we know that in the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, who the devil, is a roaring lion, walking around seeking whom he may devour. So it says that I have given you rest on every side so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. But for us to better appreciate this verse, I would like for us to refer to 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 9. In that scripture, we are going to see God's word to David, his promise. As we all know, the scripture is, uh, comprises of God's promises principles, um, prophecies, and then someone also said pro- the Proverbs as well. But First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 9, it says, Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest. Are you seeing that? There's a prophecy that preceded Solomon making that statement. It says, it will be a man of rest, and I will give him rest, from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give him peace and quietness unto Israel in those days, in his days. That prophecy preceded Solomon, and Solomon came to realize that prophecy or saw the fulfillment of that prophecy in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 4, where he said, But now the Lord has now fulfilled his word to me. He has given me what? Rest on every side. So when we go back to that first, that scripture that Pastor shared with us, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Let us fear. Okay? Let us therefore what? Fear. The word fear there means we should stand in awe, or we should have reverence, lest a promise being left of us, Solomon may not have entered that rest, even though there was a prophecy or a promise of that rest to him. Lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem 
to come short of it. That means that you can have an experience of that rest, but you may not fully tap into the potentials of what that rest can provide for you. It says you can come short. That means you can be shortchanged. You can be limited in how you experience that rest. Hallelujah. Are we still together? Remember that God says in Amos chapter 3 verse 7 that there is nothing that he will do without revealing it first to who? His prophets. Why does he reveal it to his prophets? So that they can give expression to it. Our words are points of contact on this earth realm. It's a way that we make, take things from the spiritual into this realm. As a matter of fact, there are two major questions that every believer, and I use the word believer very carefully, must contend with. Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scriptures are inspired by who? The Holy Spirit. And they are profitable. The first thing it says there is what? Doctrine. When you think about doctrine, you think about constructing a belief system. So that is where doctrine comes from. You are constructing a belief system. So when we say believers, they are individuals that have built their systems or their belief systems based on the word of God. And the word of God is really an invitation for us to think like God will think beyond just being a religious book. It is an invitation by God for us to share the same mindset, the same view, the same perspectives with which God sees things or view things from. And so we see there that a doctrine, a belief system is very important. So there are two questions a believer would ask. One is, how do I translate or implement everything I have learned in my walk with God? into my world. How do I bridge that gap? I've learned, I've heard so many things. How do I make it real? Matthew 5.14 says, let your light do what? So shine. It did not say shine. It says what? So shine. Why? That men may what? Who should see? Men. So that men may see your good works and then do what? Glorify your father. God is obsessed about being believed. God does not want to be hidden somewhere. And so God is asking you and I that I want your light to so shine. The book of Acts tells us about certain men that turn the world upside down. So God is inviting us to say, let your light so shine that men, it did not say only the people here. It says men. And when you think about men, it means anyone might see what? Your light. Might see your good works. So light cannot be hidden under a bushel. The second question that every believer must also ask is, how do I reconcile where I am today versus where God wants me to be? How do I reconcile where I am today versus where God wants me to be? How far away am I? Or how close am I? If we start to ask those questions, we're on a path to really revealing the light that God has kept inside of us. And it is true rest, understanding of this mystery called rest, that we can start to reveal who we are to God. Are we still together? So the first points I want to make, a couple points. First, 
is that from that scripture that we've read, and we'll dwell on that scripture a lot, it says, God has given me rest so that on every side, that means in your finances, in your marital life, in your engagement, in your work, every area, it says what? There is neither what? Adversary nor evil occurrence. There is neither. So when you see that certain things are not consistent with God's promise of rest in every sphere of your life, that means that there is a gap. That means that there is a gap that has to be filled. So the first point I want to make, and I'll just make a couple points based on how time allows us and then we'll find a place to pray. Number one, rest is a gift package from God to men. Rest is a package from God to you. Somebody say rest is a package from God to me. It is a gift. It is a product that is existent on heaven's shelf. It is not something that you can earn. You cannot buy it. You cannot pay your way into rest because God is the author and the giver of rest. In fact, rest was made for men. Rest was made for you and I. So if you are not entering that rest, that's why Jesus, God said, I mean, that scripture says um, in Hebrews 4, 1, it says, lest we come short of it because it was made for us. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 Jesus was speaking there. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will do what? Give you rest. When, God say, when Jesus says, I will give you, what do you have to do? You have to receive. A major call as believers is to be receivers. We are meant to receive. We are not meant to struggle. You know, when Paul was converted in Acts chapter 9 from verse 5 and 6 on the way to Damascus, he says, it is hard for you to kick against the prick. That was what Jesus said to him. And the response that Paul immediately gave is, what must you have me do? As believers, we are meant to receive first because you cannot give what you do not have. Everything has been prepared. In fact, we have to study how to receive from God. How to receive from him. It is, you know, we can exercise, do so many things, pray and feel like we are super righteous or we are exerting energy. But God is saying, calm down. Let me pour into you. Let me pour into you. Because every time that you stand or you do anything, it is based on your relationship with God. Every ministration, everything you do, every song you sing, every word you give, it is an outcome, an output of your intimacy with God. So God is always wanting to give. God is a giver. Are you a receiver? Are you a receiver? It's very hard because we are used to always doing stuff being busy, trying to put, uh, put our energy. But God is saying, no, hold on. Let me 
love on you. Let me pour into you. So the first point is we must understand how to receive this rest if it is truly a package. Again, lest we, I mean, we should fear, otherwise we can come short of that rest. Hebrews 4 verse 1. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So that's the first point. First point is rest is a package from God to you. The second point I want to make is that God lives in and operates from a position of rest. God lives in and operates from a position of rest. Related to that is God does not panic. Imagine if God panics. What would happen? I'm telling you, I mean, some people will be born today and then they grow up tomorrow. Just like that. The world will be what? Chaotic. God does not panic. He is not anxious about anything. He has no needs. He does not need anything. Who is the needy person? We. So you must first see yourself as that person that needs God. There is nothing you can give to God that would move God. Your money cannot move God. Nothing. Nothing. God is ready to give to you. Are you ready to receive? In fact, the people that are really, that are people of impact, many times are people who know how to sit still in God's presence and allow him just love on them. God is willing to give to you. So, he has no needs. He needs anything. As a matter of fact, if you have needs that you feel is out of this world, God will make them for you. That is how powerful he is. Script, I mean, we have to know, like, I think it was even Reverend George, but there are five articles that really captures God's glory. Number one is his omniscience. God is all-knowing. Omni means all, knowing. So you cannot come and dazzle God with any new knowledge. He knows it. He knows your end from the beginning. If you read Psalms 139, it will tell you a lot about how God even knew you before you were born. James, um, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before Jeremiah was born, even before he was formed in the belly, God said, I, did, I know you. Oh, I knew you. Oh, I still know you. So God is also omnipotent. Omni means all. Potent means potential. It means he has all powers. Everything that is possible. Scripture says with God, nothing shall be what? Impossible. That is really the definition of what omnipotent means. And then God is also everywhere. God is in you as he's in me. God is here as he's somewhere else as well. So God is also everywhere. God is also eternal. So God lives and operates from a position of rest. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. 
And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has made. Now, the word made there means that the work is just unfolding. Okay? Unfolding. Let's read the um, verse 3 so that we can better understand. Verse 3 of that. It says, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had, rest, he had rested from all his work, which God, two things. Number one, he did what? He created. The second one was what? Made. When you see an, a painter or an artist making a portrait, what do you see? You see the different stages. In fact, if it starts off, you might think, this thing doesn't make sense to me. Is that not true? But as you give it what? Time. What does time do? Does to that to you? It allows the unfolding of all that God has made. Is that true? So when God says he has created stuff, God is like that master painter or artist that already sees the end from the beginning, but is taking those strokes and allowing nature to unravel itself. So he has created everything. Then second thing is what? Made. The made there means in Hebrew, it means it is unfolding. So you are also unfolding. You are blossoming. You are going somewhere because there is a purpose or there is an end. Scripture says that there is an end to everything. And the expectations of who? The righteous will not be what? Cut off. So you are also unfolding. Isaiah 46 verse 10 helps us better understand. Let's see Isaiah 46 verse 10. It says, now... Eternity is a very complex way. It's complex. And sometimes we have to really be humble to better understand and grasp the realities of eternity. No man can actually boast full understanding of how eternity operates. Because the way God sees things and approaches things from seasons and times is very cyclical. But you see, the moment that we are creatures of time, we are logical in how we see things. We see them steps by step. Sometimes even neuroscientists say that you can either be logical thinkers or lateral thinkers. But you see, we are limited in how we can best understand. But here is a way for us to start to see how God looks at things. It says, it declares what? The end from where? From the beginning. So before God says a thing, he has already seen the end. It says, and from ancient, ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So before God said, let there be light, you know what happened? The lamb was already slain because God is a creator. Revelation 13 verse 8, it says, the lamb was slain from where? From the foundation of the world. So before God said, let there be light, Adam was created. The devil was defeated. The lamb was slain. You are in victory. So God is already sitting in that rest. The omniscient God sitting in the rest and saying, I can see everything is already completed. Why are we then anxious? So he says, until we fear God, we may not fully understand what it means to stay in his rest. Because the fear of God is the beginning of what? Wisdom. 
So there is a wisdom dimension of God that can start to ease us into that rest. But we can only access that when, when we fear God, when we reverence him. Are we still together? So God has seen everything. In fact, before God said, let there be light, there was a conversation. Jesus was already crucified. You were also in that conversation. You were there. You are just unfolding. So your unfolding was for a time like this to start to wrap things up. Otherwise, you could have come at the time of David. Is that not true? Aha. Or even in the medieval times, you could have been there. But God intentionally put you in a time like this so that you can start to fulfill certain things that he has created you to do. And I pray that God in himself will reveal what we are meant to be and meant to do in the name of Jesus Christ. I remember Miles Monroe will say, there are five questions that any man must ask himself. Who am I? Where am I from? What am I meant to do? Where am I going? Right? So those questions are important, and I think I subscribe to them as well. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although, that is where I want us to focus on, the works were what? Finished from the foundations of the world. Now, how does that apply to you and I? Because one thing I've always asked God for is, I don't want to be a believer that cannot translate the spiritual things into the physical. It has to be a contention. Otherwise, it becomes like a cult. We come in here, we live here, and then that is it. There has to be a way to bridge that gap. And for every gap that we see, there is an accurate knowledge of God that can bridge it. An accurate knowledge of God. So God is saying here that although the works were finished, so how does that apply to you today? What that says to you is that even before you were seated here, God already knew who you were. God already designed you and sees your end from the beginning. In your end, God sees you already in eternity, sitting with him, worshiping him. However, he rolled that up into a seed and put that seed in your parents. And then your parents then gave birth to you so that they can give you a body suit. And so Jesus, for example, as he grew, same thing with Samuel. He says, and he grew in what? In wisdom. The second thing, what? In stature. The third thing, what? In favor. With who? With God and with men. Because God was with him. So you, become, you start to unravel and start to uncover the mysteries that God has stored into you. That is who you are. That is the seed. The seed, in fact, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 12, it says the seed of everything is in itself. And so you are somebody waiting to happen. And so God is inviting you into that rest to say, my son, come down. And let me show you the things that I have in store for you. It says the path of the righteous, what does it do? It shines brighter and brighter and brighter. The perfect day is when we are called to eternity. 
It shines brighter. So God is saying, come to my level where I'm at, where I see things that you cannot see. And let me start to reveal to you who you are so that you can seize from the struggles and the anxiety of this world. And so Ephesians 2 verse 6, it tells us that God invites us. He said, we are seated with Christ where? In heaven. See, that heavenly place is a place of rest. In fact, God is seated on a throne that is filled with graces. Even the core fabric of his throne is a grace. So God takes a grace and gives it to you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says that we might come boldly before what? The throne of grace. That we might obtain mercy and then find grace to help. When? In time we are needy people, we must come to God. God is ready to do what? To pour into us. So God says, come into that rest. Stay with me. Then God will start to inspire. This is what you are meant to be. You know what? If you do this and that, this is how you will then stay on course where you are meant to go. God tells us, okay, stay with me. You are actually supposed to pray from that realm. You are to pray from that heavenly realm. You stay with God until you get what you are meant to receive at that level. So you stay with God at that point and pray from that realm of what? Of victory. The realm of rest. The realm of rest, that is where we pray from. That is where we are meant to pray from. The realm of rest. Praise the Lord. I, I think the third point that I want to make is that rest is the confident assurance. So here is how I define rest. Rest is the confident assurance in the finished work before the foundations of the earth and the world that is now revealed in Christ or through Christ in you. So rest is an experience. Rest is a posture that you must assume. Rest is the confident assurance a believer has based on his knowledge of who the giver of rest is. Let me take that again. Rest is the confident assurance that you and I have as believers based on our knowledge of who the giver of rest is. So that is why God said to the Israelites, he said, stand still, Abi, and see what? The salvation of our God. Rest is sitting with God at the edge of eternity and allowing him to reveal your beautiful future to you. In that posture, what do you get from him? You receive counsel. You receive counsel. It starts to direct you. When you sit with God, anxiety naturally leaves you. It would. Because God is not anxious. God does not panic. God is not worried about what tomorrow will bring. So you have everything wrapped up inside of that man. And it says, sit with him. That is why Isaiah 26 verse 3 says that when we keep our eyes and focus on him, it says it will keep us in what? Perfect peace. That peace is what? Perfect. That means anything that wherever you see perfect in the scripture, it means that it has no darkness. 
Darkness interpreted in the scripture actually means ignorance. Ignorance. Whenever you are ignorant about something, it's a place where the enemy hides to afflict and rob you of all that God has ordained or designed for you to be. So that scripture says that that will do what? Keep him in perfect peace. Perfection is anywhere there is, there is no darkness. So in the book of, is it Proverbs of Psalms? It says, thou will light up my candle. Thou will do what? Enlighten my darkness. So darkness does not necessarily mean something evil. It means there are areas of our lives where there are still shades of ignorance. When light comes, ignorance leaves. When light comes, anxiety leaves. When light comes, fear goes. We must contend for light. So sitting with God in Christ Jesus at the edge of eternity and allowing him to reveal your future to you. But you know what keeps you with him? Reverence. Fear. So he says, Fear him, because fear retains you there. It says, let us therefore fear. Let us therefore do what? Fear. Say to your neighbor, fear God. Say it convincingly, fear God. <laughs> let us therefore fear. Lest a promise being left of us of entering his rest, any of you should do what? Come short of it. Because there remaineth yet a rest. Hallelujah. So that's the third point I want to make. The fourth point that I would like to make is, if God created you in his image and likeness, then rest is the perfect condition that enables your growth and transformation into God's idea of who you are meant to be. Rest is that perfect condition. People who have truly found their divine purpose at work and are walking in it operate from a position of authority. Because rest actually means authority. Rest means that you have submitted to authority. You see, you cease to struggle. And that's why I know we live in a world where it's a very performance-driven world. And I know that the struggles really is when scripture says that even though we are in the world, we are not of the world. Sometimes the meaning of that statement is lost on us. It's a performance. Every system, the world system around us is always running against what the scripture says. Everyone is putting themselves out there. And I know there is a place and time for that. But you see, until you find your place of rest, in fact, when you stay in that place of rest and you allow God to stir the course of your life, you know what Jesus says? Jesus will bring the world to you. But how do you stay motionless and think that you are not, you, even people around you say you are not making any progress. Because with a beckon of his hand, Jesus brings things to you. He brings people to you. He brings jobs to you. Ideally, as believers, we should be creating our jobs. 
you and I should sit down and say, okay, what job do you want? This is what I want. And we sit down and we understand the kingdom principles that can create to those jobs. But we go, and I know, I mean, with all due respect, sometimes we go, we interview, and we go still with the world's wisdom to get those roles, those opportunities. And yet, we are comfortable with that. I think creature is waiting for the earnest expectations of the sons of God. And that's my challenge to you today, that in that position of rest, we alter things around us. We change the economy of where we are. We change the climate of where we walk. We should be the stars because there is a light that is in us. There is a light that is shining. And that light can only shine from a point of rest. The fifth point I want to make is that any gift, just like rest, reflects the character of the giver. Are we still together? Any gift is a reflection of your character, of your capacity, of your, of your nature. So when you think about rest, rest really just depicts who God is, as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. So let me give you an example. If God is a spirit, then his gift of rest to you must be what? Must be what? Spiritual. It's first spiritual. And we have to find a way to take what is inside of us and make it visible. That is why we are first spirits occupying a body. That is the thinking and the mindset that we must have. So God is a spirit. And so that rest is spiritual. It's only for those that can spiritually discern it. It says Matthew chapter 14 verse 27. Let's see that very quickly. It says, Oh, I probably have, the, it's the one that says, my peace I give to you. If you can find that scripture. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Not as what? The world gives. Not as the world gives. In every spiritual blessing that we have. You see, when you find a man that is in his area of authority, things line up. Oh. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. So that is why it says, seek ye first, what? The kingdom. Now, when it says the kingdom, it's not talking about, you know, um, a, 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 a culture. Or, or, or an, it says the kingdom is about the king. First about the king and then his domain. So, in other words, it's saying seek first the king. Next is domain. And as a result of that, you find purpose, what you are meant to be. All other things will start to navigate towards you because you are in a place of authority. You are in a place of rest. So, the second point is, yeah, so Matthew 6.33, thank you. Uh, no, no, that's not the one. It's the one that says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. John 14, 27. Thank you so much. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, comparing what? Spiritual. With spiritual. You cannot use words of men to convey spiritual things. It is impossible. 
God must actually inspire. It says there is a spirit in man and the breath of what? The Almighty gives him what? Understanding. When the Holy Spirit breathes, what does he breathe? Fire. It would blow on your spirit. It would light up that candle and then it starts to search the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of the Lord gives him what? Understanding. If God is good, then his rest must also be what? Good. Matthew chapter 7 verse 11, it says, Then if thou be evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father which is in heaven give what? Good things to them that ask him. To them that ask him. Praise the Lord. If God is light, and that's the third and final point I'll make, and in him is no darkness, then his rest is what? Light. His rest is light. In fact, scripture refers to him as the father of lights, from whom all perfect gifts come from. Light. And that light has the capacity to eliminate every form of darkness in us. And I pray that God will truly inspire in us an understanding of what this rest means in the name of Jesus Christ. When you find rest, your life finds meaning. When you find and you stay in his rest, you run a life that is devoid of anxiety. Devoid of fear because everything is settled from that point of rest. In that rest, your prayers are more purposeful and meaningful. The devil devil even knows when you enter that rest. But every strategy of the enemy is that you do not find that rest. So he builds the systems of the world to make sure that they distract you from getting into that rest. Because we chase after them. But God is saying, no, pause. Seek first that position, that kingdom of rest. Come in there first and everything that you chase after would run after you. Shall we rise up to pray? I just want you to say words to God and say, Father, everything that I need, every illumination that I require for me to perpetually experience this rest if this rest is real father reveal it to me what do i need to do help me lord in the name of jesus christ make that your prayer tell god help me to see things through your eyes our thoughts are not his thoughts our ways are not his ways in fact they are way i are just like the heaven is to the earth Say, Father, inspire in me a revelation of this rest that my life may be meaningful, that I may live an effortless life, that I may live a life from a point of victory. In the name of Jesus, your rest is about you. It's who you are. Help me, Father, to know you better. Increase my knowledge. Scripture says that grace and peace be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Father, increase my knowledge of you. Thank you, Father. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.